0: Did I see an ordinez on stage? Uh, Shannon, her mom, was telling me... Can I get my mic up a little, Tyler? Shannon was telling me that somebody prophesied about her that she was going to be on stage in church when she was like eight. So, Because we don't want prophecies not to come true. She can't actually sing or play guitar. We just thought we'd put her up there. I'm so glad you're here in the house of God. You glad to, to be here? Somebody was just telling me before the service that, uh, you know, your obstacles can seem pretty big until you come to the house of the Lord. And you start helping somebody else, you start worshiping, you listen to the word of God. And uh, all of a sudden your obstacles become smaller because here's what I would say to you. They were never that big in the first place compared to the might and power of God. So compared to you, yes, if you are God then that's a problem and then we need to get you out of the God throne in your life, so, which most servants are kind of designed to do. Have you been enjoying this series about men? I think it's good. When the sons of God step up, life gets better for everybody. Um, let me open with this thought. Men are designed with desire. A good godly fight focuses that desire. Don't try to take desire out of a little boy. Just focus it on his fight. Now, here's what else I would say to the men, is you might not be the brightest, but the brightest aren't the happiest. You know that the brightest in the world are not the most generous in the world. They're not the happiest. Happiness is only 10% circumstantial, by the way. They're not the most fulfilled. They don't have the best relationships. They don't have the best marriages. They don't raise the best kids, not the brightest. Come on, Ben, you church. Come on, men, say amen. I'm not the brightest, but. Um, here's what I would say just in preparation for this sermon on Gideon, um, Gideon's 300 men. It's not the brightest. It's just people who think about hydration differently. Thanks, Sean. I sent out a, a text after I preached uh, first Wednesday. I preached the same text, although this is a different sermon, but I preached the same text, and I said, I said this to the team leads in a Slack um, group. I said, um, what are your thoughts about making an actual sermon out of belly drinkers, which is the name of t- the sermon today, for a men's series called Fail Army? Uh, Pastor Aaron said, sounds great, because she has to. Because we're married, did you not... Well, help me preach, venue church. We're gonna be here all day. I'll stay till you. I'll stay till you say something. My mom said, "Do it, son." My mom. Dad said something about Lee's dog, which I didn't quite get. And then Tammy said this. All right, Tammy is, uh, is our new team lead for Venue Kids, and uh, she's doing a great job. She's organizing vacation. Uh, we're VBS. That only means something: Vacation Bible School. If you're a church person, we're calling them day camps. So you have to invite your neighbor, kids, and you have to put this out on social media and tag people's names. In venue church, we're gonna be promoting this in a huge way right now. Get kids here so that I don't have to talk to them when they're messed up adults. Like just get their neighbors here. We're calling them day camps. It's gonna be amazing. It's in a, f- a few weeks in July. And so um, Tammy said about this idea of this, she said, I love the series title Fail Army. Me, that's what I said. That's because you're sexist. Men are failures now? <laughs> Ever since Tammy came on those slacks, things got more sarcastic. <laughs> Tammy said, just because men fail often doesn't make them failures. <laughs> Me, I said, cruel. I'm gonna make a jump and ride my bike over it to show you I'm not a failure. A big jump. Then she said this, can't wait, our next series can be about fixing broken people. Hold oh, on, hold on, hold on, you're clapping too soon. I had the final word, you know what I said? Our next series is always about fixing broken people, Tammy. Victory dance, right there, man. Okay, so we're capable of some really stupid stuff which makes it to fail Army videos. Like, I get that. But when men and sons of God get their, get their teeth into the gospel and start serving Jesus, something incredible happens. Something incredible happens. I was talking to you guys know like Emmanuel and Christelle. They, they, Christelle said there's an unusual percentage of men that go to church here. Like how do you get men in small groups? And we design church so that men will like it because we make it high challenge, you know, and so high fun and high challenge. And so. She's like, but like small groups and serving teams, you have men, like women will go to church. You could do church in a parking lot and be like, we're doing church. And all the women in Edward would come because y'all just like do the right thing. But to get guys to church is a little different, right? We're like, what's in it? You know. So, you know, you know why venue church has to attract men? Because statistically around 90%, 91% of the time when a man gives his life to Christ and comes to church, the whole family comes like 90 plus percent of the time. But when anybody else in the family does, the percentage drops below 20, that the chances of the entire family coming in. That's why, because there's something that God wants to use men to do. There's something that God wants to bring anointing. But we said this last week that, that God wants to get the girls out of the fight, but he wants to get the fight out of the guys. So the enemy, if he can target men and get the fight out of them and get them all lethargic and and use their desires for themselves rather than for what they should be used for, then he's going to, like, in a high percentage of the way, affect the rest of the world. But I'll tell you, when the sons of God get things right, life gets better for everybody. Come on, ladies, say amen. I'm just, I'm handing that to you. Um, but men can also be hilarious. Every now and again, every now and again, uh, Pastor Aaron is like, you know, Corey, like, you're great, but if you want to leave for a couple of days, like, that's cool. The Holy Spirit told me um, after the art conference, I said, I don't know the guys in Toronto. My, you know, brothers and pastors. I'm like, I don't know the guys in Toronto. And the Holy Spirit said, okay. So, so, so I went to Toronto last week. <laughs> um, for, I was there for like 25 hours. Um, I met with five of them. I spent five hours in the car and then I also had to sleep and eat and stuff. And um, it was a powerful time that, when I was there. But um, can I tell you, So because I'm like a penny pincher, I took like discount flights, (laughs) which I may not do in the future. So Renee's booking these flights for me because Renee's great. She's booking these flights for me and she's like, well, you can save all this money if you go with like these discount airlines, but you have to pay extra to check a bag. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like, I get, and then she's like, and you have to pay extra to take a carry-on. I'm like, a carry-on? So I took a laptop bag with, like, an extra shirt in it, you know? <laughs> So I'm like, the heck with that, I'm not paying extra. And so my day, my travel day started out, like, okay, because the main players in my story are guys. Now, if if the main players were girls, I wouldn't even have a story to tell because guys make better sermon illustrations. Because, <laughs> like, fail army, right? So we just need you guys to drive us to the hospital. Now, so... So the day goes okay, like I get, I get into the, the, I walk in, Pastor Aaron drops me off at the airport. I walk in and I'm like, there's a whole line of people at the discount airline checking bags, like a lot of people. And because I only have a laptop bag because I came unprepared, I'm like, so long suckers. I did a victory lap into security, you know, like texting Aaron all the way, like I'm so smart. If you raise boys, boys go from like victory laps to like super deep depressions cause we did stupid crap. And then five minutes later, we're back on top. And so I get into the security line and everything was okay. But then this security lady who was having a really bad day starts yelling at everybody in the line. Like, I keep telling you to put your liquids in a plastic, clear plastic bag. I'm not gonna rep- I'm gonna keep shooting hostages until you get this right. She's like going like, all in. And I, I said to the lady beside me, I'm like, does she forget that she gets paid to do this? Like, to remind people about the liquids and stuff? I'm like, dude, she is serious. So, so I'm like, but you know, cause I'm a guy and I'm super optimistic and have a short memory. I'm like, uh, cool, cool. like, okay. You ever, you ever watch a movie? Like a, uh, like a bad, I don't mean like a bad movie, like morally bad, but like a movie that's not made well. And you start watching it and you're like, you're trying to be optimistic. You're like, it could happen. My day, I'm like, it could, yeah, okay, okay. It could happen. And then after six, like, it could happen. So you get to this place where you're like, why not? Yeah, why not? Like, just go for it, guys, because the whole movie, it's not going to get better. So just like keep throwing the weird stuff around there. So I'm like, okay, okay. So I get through the the line. I'm like, okay, you know, that's not bad. I can get on with that. I can get on with that. I get through the security line and then because it's a discount airline and, and they like charge money, you know, they don't give you free coffee. They, they charge money for coffee and tea and pop and water. I'm like, you can't charge money for water on an airline. And air, I had to pay $4 to breathe their air. You didn't bring your own air? Oh yeah, no, that'll be $4. So I, I'm like, well I better stop at Subway to get a sandwich. And so and so weird thing number two happened. Two people in front of me, the lady starts yelling at the poor subway guy for like, Are you cutting my sandwich with a contaminated knife? And he's like, no. Nah, if you yell at guys, we don't know what's happening. So break it down for us, because he's like he's like, It's my sandwich knife. Like it's just, it's my knife knife. Like, it's the only one they gave me. I haven't killed radioactive spiders with it. You know, you're not gonna like wake up in the morning, your hands are gonna be all sticky. Like, I don't, if you're yelling at guys, we're, we're like an ant on a truck tire. We know something's coming around to kill us, but we're not sure what it is. So like cut us a little slack. We're, we're not quite like, we know it's bad, but we, we, we know we did something. And so I'm like, okay, 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 could happen, right? Like okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna stay positive. I get on the flight, and I'm like, my f- phone is drained because I've been working this whole time, and my phone is draining its battery. So I get on, I'm like, okay, where's the power? I'm like, there's no power on this on this plane. I'm like, oh. And then I heard somebody say, how do I get on the Wi-Fi of the plane? And the stewardess is like, oh, we don't have Wi-Fi on this plane. And I'm thinking. But your radio and stuff works up front though, right? Like, and you have power up there? At least like the pilots have stuff, right though? So like, we can get by without it, but you guys have. We sat on the tarmac for 45 minutes because the captain came on and I don't know if it's a discount thing, but he's like, one of the baggage cars went missing on the baggage train. I'm like, how? They're They're all connected with each other. Like it's a train, right? Did somebody like rob the last one? You watch those movies where they're like, unhitch the train and then like, take it off and like, take all the gold out. I'm like, what happened to it? So 45 minutes, I'm sitting there. We got to Toronto and they're like, yeah, um, we sat there again for 30 or 40 minutes because they're like, yeah, we can't find anybody to hook the dock up. The 10 second job of hooking the dock up. I'm like, I'll do it. And then they're like, it's not our fault because we third-partied it. I'm like, you hired them! They're your people! So anyways, you know, up till this point in our, in our staffing situation, do you guys know Renee? She kind of organizes a lot of things at the church. And Renee's great because she checks in to all my flights and gets all of this. She knows where I like to sit, but for some reason... Our relationship, I realized when I got on the plane, because I'm looking for my seat, like 14C, because she knows I like the front of the plane and she knows I like the aisle seat. And so I'm looking at 14 and then have you ever like, you're like 14 and I'm walking back and then you're like, see somebody and you're like, I hope it's not that seat. Because when Renee was booking these seats, she's like, oh, there's still like an aisle seat up front that's free. And she's like, what's the anomaly in 14B? I feel like there's something, I feel good about this. I'm going to put pastor right there. So I walk in and I see this guy and I'm like, Lord, Shundala change my seat. I look up. I'm like, no. Do you guys watch TV? I know that you watch church. People are like, I feel like I should say no to appear holy. Some of you are like, I don't know what TV is. I have a phone. Have you watched the Simpsons? Have you, you know who comic book guy is? Yeah, that's why I sat beside. Like this giant, like shout out to the big guys. This huge guy that should have had his own row. Like, I mean, he's just a big guy. He's sitting there and I go in there and he's got like, he got the beard and the, he's got everything going on. Probably the ponytail. He got, you know, those, they make like earbuds now that are super small. He's, he's rocking the big one. He's in there and uh, I walk in there and I see he's got a whole station set up. The stewardess walks by and says, wow, you come from?" She goes, she goes uh, wow, you got a whole station going on there. And he goes, I come prepared. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> like for a plane crash in the Andes? We're going to eat each other. We know that's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm worried sitting here now. So the first thing that I see, I, I see he's got two, I mean, it's just part of his, his entire uh, package. He's got two giant family bags of chips. You see those? Like they're for a family, right? And I'm looking at these giant bags of chip and I'm looking at, I'm like, what'd you do with the families, man? Where'd the families go? He ate the families, everybody. I know he did. He took their chips. I see he's got one of these, like you go on vacation on, on the beach and you have, you get those big Mason looking jar deals with the lids and the straws. He got one of those on an airplane, like a big one. So you don't have to like get up from the beach. You can just like drink out of that all day. Well, he's got one of these big ones. He's got the world's giant biggest bottle of water. Now, I don't know how about you guys. I know hydration is a thing now. But when I'm on an airplane, I don't hydrate. Because I don't want to use that bathroom. They're weird. Those bathrooms are weird, man. You got to stand there and look at everybody. Like you're, you know that you're standing in line for a bathroom. What are you going to talk about? Like you got to go to the bathroom? Yes, I'll, that's why I'm standing here. Yeah, obviously, I got to go to the bathroom. You know, somebody comes out like, how'd it go? You know, like, you just don't... I avoid bathrooms. I'm just like, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. You know, like, I just, like, my throat can be parched. So I just got to sip a little water just to keep my throat open enough to... I'm like, why's this guy got this giant thing in there? So I'm like, oh, he's been drinking a lot. He, uh Okay. He was tired because of his intake... He was exhausted before we even left he starts falling asleep now if this was a girl i wouldn't even have a sermon illustration he starts falling asleep and he starts coming over into my lane and i'm like dude like get off of me i don't know you and he's like it is cute when it's a five year old kid falls asleep on your lap but it's not cute when it's this guy and then I like push him off of me and then he just went all the way over and there was a a little, a super nice little East Indian guy and he just went boom. And the East Indian guy was like up against the window sleeping and this guy just went boom and just he's gone. I don't think that guy can breathe in there. He probably didn't rent air either, you know? I'm like, I'm just like, this is a thing going on. We haven't even left yet. And then, and then, And then because discount airlines don't get to go straight to the thing, we had to do all these like twists and turns. It was like an obstacle course. And he just kept going. I'm just like, get off of me. Get off of me, this poor guy. (laughs) Eventually, eventually, this guy, because the stewardess comes by, we finally get up in the air, the stewardess comes by. And eventually this guy, because you got to pay for everything. So he buys two cans of pop and the world's biggest water bottle to hydrate. And I'm like, dude, you already drank all of that. And then he gets up, he's like, He's like, I'm so sorry. I gotta use the washroom. I don't know why. I'm like, I know why. <laughs> he gets up and leaves in this poor, I'm gonna attempt an East Indian accent. I'm good at like Irish accents, but I'm gonna try this one out. This guy was so nice. And can anybody do an East Indian accent? Like, he goes, I'm like, how are you doing, man? He goes, I was just trying to protect myself. <laughs> That's what he said. Guys, man. I look over and this same awesome East Indian guy pulls his pant leg up during the flight. No shoes and socks, pulls his pant leg up. You can see he had a scar running the length of his leg. And he starts like, he takes tensor bandage out. You can see his leg is injured. I saw him trying to walk and I'm like, this guy's leg is not good. And he starts taking rope. He brought rope, like leg rope I guess. He brought rope and started tying it around his leg, going down to hold his leg together, I think. And then he tensor bandaged it. And I'm like, dude, you can go to the hospital. If it was me and my leg was broken, I'd rope leg. I don't like hospitals, I'm not gonna go. Come on guys, say amen. Yeah, we don't don't need hospitals, okay. So, I don't know what I did to offend Renee, but pray for our relationship because it's not good right now. He kept falling asleep and I'm like, why does he have a lid on his jar? But he kept falling asleep and every time he'd fall asleep, he'd like throw, he'd wake up, you know, you ever see like a kid wake up out of a nap? You know, you have a bad dream about like chips, you know, or the family that you just ate. And so he'd like toss his phone in the air and like karate chop the air. And I'm like, I'm like, that's why he has that lid on. I got so many stories, guys. I don't even know where to go. Listen. I couldn't think why he needed to hydrate so much on that plane. It wasn't for exercise. Why was he hydrating so much? I think we're in this place now in our society where we're hydrating for ease, but not for effort. I see a lot of people who are like, have a a tremendous thirst that they're trying to quench by hydrating. Have you seen people's water bottles now? We didn't have water bottles when we were kids. We play a whole tournament and drink out of the fountain like twice, but because like there's no cool way to drink out of a drinking fountain, right? We're like, oh, I'm done, I don't need water. But I see what, what people are doing now is they're like stockpiling like water bottles and they're stockpiling emotional resources and they're trying to like stockpile these things to quench thirst. But I'm like, I don't think we're thinking about hydration right. In this text, we see that Gideon is facing odds against him already. And God chooses 300 men out of 32,000 to go and fight 135,000 enemy soldiers. And the only thing that separates these 300 men from the 32,000 that didn't get chosen was that they drank water differently. I think we're trying to use our relationships to hydrate ourselves. I think we're trying to use our resources and our money to hydrate. I think some, some of us come to church trying to hydrate ourselves. That's not how it works. Some of us are using love to hydrate ourselves. So like I get married so that you can somehow quench this thirst inside of me. And I don't understand that love is more about what I give than what I get. And in fact, my thirst gets quenched when I help somebody else's thirst get quenched. So Jeroboam, which is Gideon's other name. I wish I had another name. (laughs) And his army got up early. All these names floated through my head, but I couldn't say any of them. And his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The uh, the location that they're going, it's not that far from the battle that, that they're going to. Um, the armies of Midian, 135,000, were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Mora. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with me. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. He's like, look, you have 32,000 guys with you, and that's what guys do. Is like one day we're like, oh, God save me. Oh, I did not use my brain for that one. Oh, Jesus help. And then when he does help you, you're like, I did it. Look at your dad, kids. Genius. God's like, you did that? You did that or you were the one who did the stupid thing in the first place that needed that to get fixed? So yeah, but guys, man. Therefore, God says, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. Well, that's that's not good. It's four to one odds against, I, everybody's t- kind of timid and afraid. I mean, it says right here, so 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were too stupid not to. You know, but I mean, these are 10,000 guys who are like, you know what, we're still going to be here. It might cost us everything, but my family's behind me, so I'd better stay. But fully, like, two-thirds of that army, gone. Like, I, we're ghosting. Like, hopefully our kids are okay, but... Uh, I'm going to go hide at his place and play video games, you know. The Lord told Gideon, there's still too many. There's still too many. God is teaching Gideon that it's not how many you have that beats the obstacle, and it's not how big the obstacle is. It's, this is the principle of tithing. If, if you give 10% of your all that comes in to God, we give 10% right off the top of everything, back to God. God's like, you have too many dollars for me to really work too many miracles. You're like, but God, that's not how math works. And God's like, try not to lecture me about anything. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I put all this together. So he's like, it, with the 90%, he's like, when you have 100%, you don't get the first 10th back to me. God is saying, you don't trust me, really. You're trusting in what you have to pay the bills coming in? He's like, there's stuff coming in that's going to come at your family that you don't even know yet. But if you give me this, I'll take care of that too. And I'll make sure your car doesn't break down as much. And I'll just do generally what God's can do. Unless you think that you're God. And it's the, the principle of like, you have too many things in your pocket for God to really do a miracle. You, you have a stranglehold on a relationship that you're trying to control to quench your thirst. That God's like, it just doesn't work like that. You just got to let go. Come on, I'm, pre- I'm preaching to somebody. The Lord said, there's still too many. Bring them down to the spring. I'll test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. And so they got there and they set up like archery tournaments and you used to watch like Robin Hood and stuff. And then they had these little sword fighting things and these wrestling matches. And no, they just went down and he's like, Hey guys, drink out of the river. 10,000 people just drink out of the river. It's not what you think you can do relationally that matters. It's how well you drink out of the river. Watch. So 10,000 people, you're gonna come to Canada today, the parade here, there'll be like 10,000 people or more than that on the street. So imagine Main Street is a river that 10,000 people are now taking turns to drink out of. So like massive scale, right? Kind of within earshot of battle, like it's kind of close there geographically, it's not that far from where they're actually gonna be fighting. And so. And so he took them down to the water. The Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. And Gideon did and God did. So the odds against you might go from four to one odds against to 14 to one odds against. And now you're sitting at a proper 450 to one odds against. And God's like, I like these 300 guys because they're different than the 32,000 who are gonna try to take the credit anyways. I'm gonna take maybe the the worst fighters. They just understand how hydration works. Just give me a minute. They understand how hydration's, if you, thanks Chad. If you come from like church background and Sunday school, you've read this story and it's like, it's just normal to you, right? But most, if you're new to church and, and I just read that story and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> like these things actually happened. That's why they were written down. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, the, the thing turned into a pumpkin at midnight, like it actually happened. I'm not equating the Bible to Cinderella. I, I don't know where that was going, but like this actually happened. So like 10,000 people, God's like, hey, find the guys drinking water. If there's only 300 people out of 10,000, he's literally running through the crowd trying to find 300 guys that are lapping water out of their hands like a dog. So first of all, can I just show you, first of all, what it would actually take to get down in a river? Can we do this? To get down in a river, we have to center it for the cameras because you got to think about stuff like that, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought of it just now. That's why I did that. So can you imagine getting down in a river? So it's not like I'm drinking out of a tap or out of a thing, like am my center of gravity and all that stuff. It's like, I'm going to the river and I need to drink water out of the river. So then it's like, is, it becomes this like, <laughs> 10,000 guys, why? Cause the first one did it. <laughs> Cause the first one did it and everybody else is like, okay, cool. And like, I'm gonna get down, I'm gonna get, I gotta get into this water now. And this is how they drank. They put their faces in the water. They're thirsty. Oh god, give Pastor a new back. Alright. So Chad said you're gonna use this towel, and I've already wiped the stage with it just so you know before you use it. He wasn't gonna clean the towel, but that's he just wanted me to know. So versus, versus like literally getting on your belly. I I think there's an epidemic of people belly drinking now. I think we're, we're belly drinking. We're belly drinking on our screens. We're belly drinking in our relationships. We're belly drinking the things that we buy ourselves. We're belly drinking education and fitness and anything that can be like the, the river. It's not, they're not bad things necessarily, but we're belly drinking out of them because we're trying to quench our thirst with them. But then there's 300 guys who are just a little different. They're they're sitting there and they're, and it says, lapping water out of their hands like a dog. Why would it say like a dog? Because we're guys and we're like, oh, we get the the picture now, okay. And because it's a little humiliating. But 300 guys didn't care. Now, if you're in a battle zone and you're outnumbered 14 to one at this point, and you're on your belly drinking water, Well, who's watching your back? Everybody else is like getting ready to belly drink too. 300 guys are in there. Like, I can do this and get your back too. I can get up from this real quick. I can't get off my belly real quick. Now my wife drinks like 47 gallons of water every day. I don't know how. How much water am I going to drink right now? One ounce. How long do you think my turn is at the river? Thanks, Ted. (laughs) You can leave there. Not like forever. Why are we drinking? Why do we go to church and eat so much spiritual food? What's it for? How much do you need? It's good to read 100 verses of the Bible. That's good. You know what's better? Doing one of them. This is an action game. This is life. This is kingdom. Here's what I know. Water, come on man, lean in. Water cannot quench your thirst. Only war can. The 300 guys drank enough to go to war. You were made for fighting. You were made for war. Hydrate for war. When you come and you eat a sermon, it's for war. Yeah. It's to set somebody else free with it. Hydrate for war. Come on up worship team. You guys know Layden from the worship team? Yeah. So Layden one time, he was part of our youth group at my dad's church and, and uh, we used to feed all the kids. Like, we'd have a barbecue after church, and then we'd play soccer. And late one time, he's he's playing soccer, and he's like, Pastor, I feel kind of sluggish. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Because Layton's a guy. And I'm like, well, I'll tell you why, comic book guy. Because he ate four hamburgers. And these were not, like, good hamburgers. We started feeding them healthy hamburgers. Then I'm like, they don't know. (laughs) So we fed him cheap hamburgers. And he ate, like, 4,000 fat grams drank like Dr. Pepper till he couldn't handle anymore and then drank, eat all the chips in the house. And he's like, I feel a little sluggish running around. I'm like, I know why. He didn't eat to play the game. He ate to eat. He just ate to eat. And I feel like you and I were going around trying to find the world's biggest water bottles so that we have like stuff around us and our fridges are full, but it's got us like, Dude, just eat what you need to go and do the thing. That's all that you need. Then pray for daily bread again tomorrow. You don't need to stockpile relational anything if you get the concept of like, I just need enough to go and pour out. Because when I pour out, God hydrates me. Then the rivers of water come back to me. Then I, out of your belly, it says, shall flow rivers of living water. That means like there's so much there that it's not for you. And when you do that, God's like, hey, I'll quench your thirst too because you were made... For war. And Venue Church, what we cannot be is like a cruise ship, w- where we're—it's like my that sermon is too fruity. Take it back and give me something that's not that. Like, small group leader, can you turn my chair into the sun a little more? Because I'm just not like perfectly tanned. You got a guy like Edwards up here. He's like he's never going to personally tan. I mean, look at him. He's white. He's like a vampire. <laughs> like, let's turn my chair just right. Got the wrong sunscreen. Oh my goodness, it's all over my fingers. That's why you have to, when you have kids, you have spray sunscreen. You don't care about aerosol anymore. I could aerosol four kids and myself in the time that it would take Pastor Aaron to apply actual lotion to her face. I don't care about the planet. I just need to get a suntan. <laughs> I do care about the planet a little. Not enough to not use aerosol, cans. However, now listen, listen. Listen. We don't sing songs because we're on vacation. We sing songs because we're in battle. We don't come and listen to sermons and we don't come in here teaching and we don't come into small groups and get challenged because we're on vacation. It's because we're in war. And it makes more sense when... I think that Venue Church made more sense in COVID than we did before. Because COVID was a war for the souls of people. I think we made more sense then. It's this idea of like, you know, we are made for war. War is the only thing, and not just guys, it's the only thing that can quench your thirst because you are a son or a daughter of God, you're in an army, you got drafted into an army the day that you came for salvation. Yeah. You cannot absorb that much spiritual food and still fight. Can I tell you about the four human needs that our church and every arch church is built around? Four human needs, you hear it every single week. It can never get old to hear because this is our fight. This is what we drink water for. This is what we eat for. We need to help people find freedom, and know God. That's hilarious. Thanks for correcting me in front of everybody. <laughs> I'll make you preach. Oh, now she's, that shut her up. Okay. She's a great preacher. I'm gonna actually make her preach more. We're gonna, we're gonna fight, not to quench our own thirst. We're gonna fight so that people can know God, they can find freedom. They can discover their purpose and they can make a difference. I cannot find my purpose in life until I help somebody do those things. That's my battle. That's my battle. I don't want you to leave this room today until you know your fight. And I think that's part of the problem. Men, you don't know your fight yet. You're trying to quench your thirst, but you'll never do that because war quenches your thirst. You don't know why you're here to fight. You don't know what your fight is. You will get distracted with all these other things. It don't really matter. Like. Sports, it's great, but that's not your fight. You know what my, my fight is? Can I? I found my fight. Because the enemy came at me when I was little. Just a little boy with fear and terror. And I had asthma. And so I would be like a super sick kid. And then like tormented with fear and terror. And you know like night terrors? I had those like all, like, it's a whole story. You know... What my fight is right now, I fight fear. If you have fear, I don't need a landing pad to get a plane off the ground, it's already up. I can help you fight fear, why? Because the same spear that the devil used to stab me with, guess what I got now? I can help you with fear. I am a special forces army ranger, fear fighting ninja because I have learned how to deal with fear. And I've learned how to help you fight fear. I know all the stories. There's a fight that God wants you to fight. I can't be afraid of, why do you think I was okay in COVID? Because I had already wrestled with dying. I had passed that bridge. I had made my peace with God. I was good. And if I get sick and die, I get sick and die. But I was never gonna be afraid of it. Not for one second. Because the fear is worse than the thing. But there's something that God wants you to fight. Somebody just went through a divorce. The obstacle that you face right now in your finances or with your children, it's not just for you to figure out. It's for you to figure out how to fight so that the next time somebody else needs that, you see it earlier than they make the stories that they tell themselves. And you get in there early and you're like, I'll show you how to fight that. I know how to, I know where it goes. I know, that's why I will not let fear reside in you. If I see it, I will dig it out. I will get it out because I know where fear goes. What's your fight today? Somebody needs to go and get prayed for afterwards. Men, women, you need to to know what you're here to fight. You need to know your fight today. We're gonna sing a song called, That's the Power. Listen, all the unlimited power of the name of Jesus won't matter if you don't know what you're here to fight.